cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. Ground is soft, it's not, it's, oh, not it's heavy. Soft on time, it's a it's heavy. Okay. Massive welcome to the Barstow's Inquiry Sunday sermon. Hopefully, by now, you'll be certainly recovering from your flatulence from your Sunday dinner and listening to some sensible chat or not so sensible chat from myself. Uh, Lee Keys of SystemBet.co.uk, uh, John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot, and a special guest this evening, which is uh, certainly uh, definitely better than what we've had on in the past. But uh, we've had the Ginger Hitler on, but tonight it's Pip Larkin. Pip, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yes, Pip, Pip's an oh. avid fan, avid fan of the yeah. show. Loves it, loves loves me and John, which is why we've got her on because we don't want people that you know abusers and things like Leslie Allison, uh, you know, give us problems. And Pip loves the show, so we've decided to put her on tonight onto the sermon. Right, well, it's an action packed. Yeah, it's, it's an action action packed show, and we've certainly got plenty to talk about on this this this, this uh, Sabbath. So I'll get straight on with the with the questions. We've got a couple. Um, which sort of leads into our first topic, which is covering off the meeting at York this week. And Carl Swanson says, John, this is for John, after Newmarket, Chester and York, has the fair left you quite underwhelmed, John? Mm, a little bit. Not, not, not exactly a lot, but uh, instances like... Um, John Leaper swearing the Dante, the Yorkshire Cup failed, maybe not being as strong as I'd hoped for, um, the Phillies race not throwing up something in Snowland, nor the Charlton Horse. Um, you know, but I think that's the case with a lot of meetings. You know, you build yourself up expecting a, a face and then certain things happen that just sort of dilute it a bit, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, are, are you disappointed though that say the classic coming up, uh, the Derby, the Oaks, we've not really got. It, it feels like a really bad year already. If you if you know what I mean. I, I, I think it probably is a fairly bad year. Um, really, I mean, the Dante is traditionally the best trial. You couldn't scream back that for the derby, could you? You know, I mean, uh, you, you were sort of un, very underwhelmed with the uh, high definitions performance. Um, as regards the Oaks, well, it's just another one in Aiden's quiver, isn't it? You know, so I mean, that's not going to be very exciting. I mean, we, we could even get to a stage where Aiden only runs for in the derby, he'll be that certain of winning it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's certainly for for me. I, I like normally you, you can pin your colours to the mass with with something at this stage, and I'm sort of struggling. Even Bolsho Bolshoi Ballet's win at Leopardstown in the Derrynstown, even as impressive as it was, the the chances of 
the opposition of running their races for me is is very slim. Max Winey was never going, and and you you just wonder what, what that actually did, did end up beating. So 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 for me going forwards in into Epsom and, and the rest of the summer, I'm I'm a little bit concerned with with all all the, all the classic winners so far because I, I do think possibly. The best is yet to come. I mean, we, we did see uh, Derab on on Friday absolutely bolting up, and for John Gosden. And I think John, I think there's going to be other horses this year that will probably surpass our classic winners. Yeah, uh, um, you, I mean, if, if you were in charge of judgment, you'd run that in the Derby, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing is. It's got enough speed for a mile and a quarter because it's keen in its work. Hmm. But I, I certainly think Derab is a is a is a more interesting runner than what I've seen so far in, in the classics. Uh, yeah. That's just my opinion. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how it pans out. But yes, I agree, Carl Swanson. Thanks for the question. I agree that we feel a little bit underwhelmed so far on what we've seen, uh, John. Uh, which brings me to. John Hines' question, which he says, uh, John, are you worried with your uh, high-definition tickets for Epsom? Yeah, extremely worried. I mean, uh, the one thing you need to do around there is travel. And, I mean, that just travelled like a gold cup of us, really, didn't it? I mean, the, there was very little to take out of that way. He'd say he'd have any sort of position at Epsom, um, the only thing you can say is if Aidan runs his usual peloton of six, he'd be one of the, he'd be one of the two at the back uh, hoping to pick the bits up. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, for the horse that was able to pick up opponents up at a mile like he did last year, I, I, obviously I thought that was a shitting effort on Thursday, really. Yeah. I mean, what what I thought was interesting. Uh, Pete, did you did you see the did you see the Dante? Did you watch the Dante? I, myself, I did. Yeah. I mean, what I thought was that Holly Doyle deliberately went off really fast to make yeah. it a pace, you know, for high definition. You could see she'd like she she she'd gone hard down the back. She she kicked round the bend. As if to say, if you if you don't follow me, you know, I might end up winning as a pacemaker. And and it's like, and I think that was all for high definition because they must have felt that the horse was relatively slow in, in terms of they didn't run it in the guineas. And and it's mm. like, right, so so why don't you turn up for the guineas? You know, the, the guineas was nothing special this year, um, and the bloods were wrong last week apparently, and then and then all of a sudden they blast off like a rocket ship to Mars with the pacemaker, like in the old days. And um, it, it still was found wanting, just staying on grudgingly yeah. late, in, late into third. Um, it was a bit it, underwhelming is the right word, I think, for, for, for the, of the moment, if you yeah. like. So, I, 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 I did feel that it was a bit... The horses that were like really bigged up for it were were weren't just they just didn't perform as you would expect really. 
So it was a bit of a, a bit of a, I won't say an event, but um, it, it wasn't, it, didn't, it wasn't capturing my imagination. No, and, 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 and like, I think, you know, they'd be looking at the St. Legend now, John, do you agree? Like, for, for high definition? I mean, by the time you get to the legend, it might want two and a half. <laughs> and, uh, I think that's the thing. I think it looked, it did look very slow, uh, which mm. is, I, I, I think it's odd because, you know, it won the Berriesford and you're thinking, like you said, I, I, I agree with everything you said in our anti-post tipping show where, where you said that, you know, this, this horse really could, could take all before him this yeah. year. I, I did, I, you know, I, 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 I commented and agreed with you. And I, I was surprised how slow he looked in the Dante. You know, it looked more like a Gold Cup horse than a... Than well, that's a, it. It looked, looked like a yeah. selling to J.P. McManus job, didn't it, really? Exactly, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so he's certainly struggling there. Um, anything else at York this week, guys, that, that you that either of you... Um, like found this week eye catching or something to look forward to for the summer, something for the weekend, sir. I didn't really see anything that I thought, God, I've got to be with that next time, or you, you know, I mean, it comes back to this underwhelming thing, doesn't it? You know, I mean, uh, I think we saw a few performances that were so bad. Um, it's kind of confirmed our theory about this York factor and York being a queer place. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, there were some horses there just ran unaccountably badly. I mean, Huey's horse on the first day, I mean, that went from travelling to requiring oxygen in about three strides. <laughs> you know, I mean... I mean, I mean just- this is the thing. I mean, York in recent... I mean, Ian Davis put up a really good pertinent question uh, the other day, and he said he said about, like, York's, you know, being on marshland, et cetera, et cetera, but I can never remember York. Like, is this, is this, is this resulted of overwatering in the past, do you think? Like, the strange... Like, horses are beat a furlong sometimes. As soon as the rain comes, John, as soon as the rain comes and the track rides slower than good, right, horses are literally beaten in strides and can finish nearly a furlong behind within two furlongs of the finish. The only time at York, really, when the punters put it right up the boatmaker's asses is, is good to firm ground and when it's getting on the borderline of fast and people are starting taking horses out because of quick ground. And it's the only time where you can probably just cut loose and have a bloody good punt. Um, I've known it a couple of times at the Dante meeting, and I think about once at the Ava meeting, when uh, it's been absolutely like that. And, uh, you know, again, it it, it sheds a bit of shade on this gross profits deal that racing has because for a course that has a high summer festival they don't race on rattling fast ground very often and yeah. there has to be a reason for that you know um, 
they can't be injured. He's so good at covering a grassy York, and you know, unless they're raising nothing but raspberries now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I heard it described as a very fair course. So would you would you agree, John? That it is a fair course. Or... The dimensions are fair. The dimensions yeah. are fair. It's the racing surface that's yeah, the ground issue, is well, Sorry? The ground there's a tricky one. It's a very tricky one because irrespective of what the forecast is, you just get some horses there that might have form on good to soft all the way through the careers. They come to race on good to soft at York and it's like they can't put one leg in front of another. It's absolutely baffling because you don't know until you get them on it. Yeah, you know. I, I, I would agree with that. It's, it can be um, deceiving. Yeah. I think it's something about Yorkshire. You know, you've got cricket pitches like Edinburgh that's got snakes just below the surface, and then I think you've got something quite similar on the nerves, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's these gremlins. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I've seen. I've seen some shocking performances this week from from horses that that I've backed as well. You know, well, you've got to be a haven't they? Oh, yeah, I mean. yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, anyway. So that that's that's York covered off for us, us us people. We've probably done our bollocks, but never mind. We'll move on to the next topic for the sermon, which is the Magnolia Cup of all things, John. This is this is something where Josh Apiarte has seemed to have he's had kittens, babies, you know, he, he's basically in a complete mess at the moment. He's he's he's, he's protest, protesting with with vigor on on the lack of diversity in the Magnolia Cup job. What 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 do you say on this? I felt the need to engage with Josh yesterday on Twitter um, because I, I, I was so upset at what this is doing to the lad. To be honest, um, I mean, he's been given this job by racing to increase and promote diversity within the sport. And then what we've got for this Magnolia Cup is a lineup that like, basically reads like something out of Burke's Peerage. Um, <laughs> we've got Thea Gosden Hood, um, which raises more questions than answers, really. I mean, the biggest question is how many kids has Gosden got, beginning with T.H.? You know, we've got <laughs> Thea, Thady and Thamantha. Um, um Also, you know, I mean, obviously she'll be one of the key work riders at the Gosden operation, alongside Ella de Tori, no doubt, who's also down for a, a ride in this. We've got Lady Tatiana Mountbatten. Now, I'm sure that'll be one of the uh, Mountbatten Mountbattens. Um, oh, I don't know. I think, I, I think I heard about her kicking off in the Zetland. I wouldn't be surprised. Like yeah. <laughs> um, and we've got Scarlett Gartman Royce, who is something to do with German eventing, I think. Um, then, an absolute gem here. We've got Somebody called Callie Coles, who has two children, and they're called Merlin and Bear. So, I mean, I think I think we can have a sizable bet that these people aren't based on a council estate, because 
their peers would have already strung up Merlin and Bear and probably set fire to them. Um, <laughs> now, Callie learnt to ride before she could walk, says husband Toby, who also reeks of a comprehensive education. Um, we've got Fiona Miller, who's a ops manager with the Met, so no doubt she'll be taking a knee before the race. Um, we've got uh, Caroline Miller, property consultant. Now, read between the lines. I think that's she hasn't actually got a job. She's just got lots of rich friends. They'll ring her up and tell her they're going to buy a house. What does she think? Um, Octavia Pollock. You, you know, I mean, I just wish I could even get a sniff of marrying somebody called Octavia. Not going to happen, obviously. Um, she's the sub-editor of Country Life, and she's the one that put the in-country. Uh, <laughs> we, we've got Candida Crawford, who is an equestrian trainer, and then we've got the advertising director at Tatler, which is someone called Goose Lee. Well, <laughs> the last person I knew that was called Goose, played for the Harlem Globetrotters. Um, but I, I think this, this this list goes to show that if you're remotely diverse or just a run-of-the-mill sack of shit in need of a leg-up, it helps enormously if you are from a family worth absolute squillions. Yeah. If not, you don't really need to waste your time applying because you're not going to get a ride. The poor old hijab lass that won it two years ago. She's uh, she she was awarded a scholarship to Dubai, and the last we heard, she's chained up on the other side of the radiator next to the missing princess. <laughs> so, uh, I did wonder what had happened to her actually. That, know, that, that's where she's at. Yeah. Front, yeah. I was wondering what had happened to her. She made a richly set, promising start to her jockey career, but that was probably the only ride she's had. Um, <laughs> and, and unless some shaky jones have been in to say, oh, well, she's tied to the radiator. <laughs> so I, I really do feel sorry for Josh. He's, he's got all his water on there to, to big this up, and I'm sure it'll be all over the telly, and uh, Victoria Pendleton will be a shit interviewing the candidate on the day of the race and it'll be wonderful and diverse and you know it'll be diverse in the sense that some of these play polo and some of them play croquet <laughs> that's about well, it really. i am a first class croquet player i was uh, <laughs> champion in uh, i think it was 1984 of the south dean drive Croquet, open. I was the champion. So yeah. whether that stands me in any sort of stead for for the future, but I can I can knock one in on croquet. Pip, Pip, straight up. You were you were nineteen eighty four croquet champion. Yeah, the South Dean Close croquet open. Yeah. I don't think it's any of the uh, I don't think any of the uh, the the uh, riders in this year's Magnolia will have heard of that. It's far far too exclusive. 
Wow, I, I just, I'm just impressed by that. My father-in-law plays croquet, but I mean, you know, he's he's he, he's a typical tweed jacket wearing, feather under his arm, you know, kind of, you know, peaky blinder, you know, that that kind of thing. So you know what I mean? So yeah, I just just impressed by that. I mean, you you were a champion. I like that. I, I love. That. I was a child. I was I was only a child. One of my, one of the many strings to my bow. Yeah, no, I, love, I absolutely love that. We can't can't beat that job. No, I, 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 I do think it needs to be a bit more diversity in this with the with the the riders because it's not very inspirational for people who who actually have achieved things, um, you know, and proper things, not like just being the editor of Tatler and you know, which is sort of like. A bit of a landed peerage, really, isn't it? You know, being working for tap. Ghost didn't even have to apply for that job, I don't think. No. When Ghost was born, you know how the midwife holds the kid up and says, it's a girl, it's a boy? I think when Ghost was born, the midwife held the kid up and said, it's an advertising director at Tatler. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I, I read it in two ways. I, I thought Goose Lee was like a, like a kind of a, a nickname for a martial arts kind of bird. You know, Goose Lee. It's like, it could or have been it something like, she'd have done to her at prep school. Yeah. Or, or it's like, it like, like, like Goose out of Top Gun. You know, I'm thinking Top Gun, straight away Top Gun. But uh, it might be that, I don't know. But I mean, Actually, that's what came into my head was Top Gun. <laughs> Goose, she just yeah, got Goose still off at school. <laughs> that was how it is in them days but anyway but yeah I like you say like a tremendous lack of diversity I'm on Josh Oppiati's side I know Rory Giovanni listens to this show I actually know this so so Rory we're all on your side it's terrible it's completely terrible and I mean what's going to make it worse is when Gosden sends enables leadoffs for for, for his daughter to ride, and it just bolts off and wins by 15 lengths because others can't well, ride. At least if we'd had some proper diversity and a couple of council house kids in there, we know yeah. that in disgust at that, they'd have set fate to the Wayne room or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> absolutely. It's a bit of trust, you know, that they're not going to talk the motors after they've ridden the horse. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'm worried about. I'm, I'm really worried about that pull-up at Goodwood job. You know, because oh, well. you, you get round that bend. If, if, if there's the no pace on. on, if they don't quicken till the tow pole, the, the, the pull up at Goodwood is going to be the place to be just behind the, the boards. You know, you, you could drill a hole through, the, through the, the boards and stick a camera on that. And some of the facial expressions you're going to get are going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, goose. Goose might be. Ghost will think she's back at school because so she'll be screaming, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> and... uh, uh, what a topic. Um, <laughs> Fantastically <laughs> covered off by John there on the Magnolia Cup. Just absolutely had I me mean, hysterics. That's one of the all-time classics. We move on because we're time-limited on this, so I'm going on now to the ride that Martin Dwyer uh, gave 
the winner of the five o'clock at Newmarket on Friday evening, Belazada. It was possibly John, and I will say this, and I know Pip hasn't watched this because she, she told me um, before the show that she hadn't had a chance to watch it, yeah. but Belazada, John, was, for me, one of the grossest, grossest, most deliberate attempts to win a race and wipe a field out and still keep the race. I have never seen, I, have, I haven't seen many like this. The fact that the horse was hanging right at the time and Dwyer even thought, well, I'm going to give it a crack with a left and carry on cracking it with a left to make sure it drifts across, takes everybody out. He's probably backed it. But I mean, how they didn't reverse that. Even I know it was a length, but how they didn't reverse it, I was, I was perplexed last night. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. I did, I did watch it. And, uh, I mean, I, I have to be honest, I have absolutely no love for that little turd whatsoever. Um, <laughs> none, none at all. I, I found him one of the most charmless people in the entire sport. And that ride, only getting four days, astonished me, to be perfectly honest. Uh, there was a horse in Bob Ogden's colours that was nearly decked. It was on the heels, and when yep. the one in front stopped, it was nearly decked. It had horses behind it. That could have been horrendous, you know? Yep. It, it could have put Bob completely off his stroke last night with girlfriend. <laughs> with 19-year-old. Yeah. Um, you know, it, at Bob's time of life, he doesn't need anything upsetting his rhythms. <laughs> and... I'm trying to really not laugh at a serious topic here. <laughs> it, it is a serious topic. And, yeah, but I can guarantee Bob, Bob takes his Thursday night activities extremely seriously as well. Um, but no, awful, awful ride. Awful, awful skewed decision. Um, the only saving grace was I was contemplating back in the Trigonian house, decided against it. And then was convinced it would get the race when I hadn't backed it. But overall, a very, very unsatisfactory outcome. Yeah, I mean, I, I would class it as dangerous riding because it was deliberate. It cannot be considered accidental, so I don't know how you can get four days for that. If that had been like a double-barreled surname rider claiming seven, they'd have probably got they'd have probably got a life ban, and, you know, and just tarnished from the sport. A bit like you said, John. If your face doesn't fit in this game, it doesn't matter, you know, like like you said, the, the, the guy with two owners or the uh, two horses or, you know, the, the, the jockey trying to make the way up the ranks. Yeah. You know, like, if your face doesn't fit, they just they just shove it right on you. Full fast of the while, then. Yeah. And it's right. like... If you're one of this nasty little inner circle, I mean... I mean, he's got far on this one, hasn't he? You know what I mean? I mean, the gardens and, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just dislike him, you know. Yeah, he has got... I I, I have noted his, his form in this uh, sort of um, type of scenario in the past. So, you know, based on that alone, I would be swayed to agree with you both. To be honest, he's, he's probably had a large bet in India, Pip. I mean, I mean, this is the thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, he has, he has. I, I mean, you could tell with the ride, he didn't care. He did not care that he was just gonna 
cut, you just drift right across the track and even even made sure with a couple of uh, left backhanders to make sure that he did the job. And for me, it was blatant. And, and I would have just chucked the bucket at the lot. This is a senior rider. This is not someone that's like, okay. you know, like just come on the scene, le- keen to ride winners, learning the game. This is a, this is a, a fella that's road. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's been around. He knows the game inside out, and he knew exactly what he was doing there. And and four day ban is just ludicrous. They're idiots. They're idiots running the sport, and that that's that's where we're at. So I think and, we're all. And can I can I just add to that as well? I had. Uh, 14 quid at 999 to 1 Dragon Dancer in the Derby and he's a bastard <laughs> and, uh, he never lived that down no. but uh, yeah I mean yeah as I said it's just Martin Dwyer should know better than that and Don't he does know better than that uh, and it's, it's not a, that's not a mistake that's not a mistake the, the jockey there knew exactly what he was doing um, he'd had a few quid on, and clearly that's how he's rode it. Right, we move on to um, a little little interesting snip, uh, uh, tidbit here for, for, for our, our listeners. John, you've something to say about Lambourne trainer, or former Lambourne trainer, <laughs> Doug Marks. Yeah, I was, I was talking to a mate about Doug the other day, and it just jogged me memory about him, actually. Um he was, he was a fairly useful jockey, won, won a guineas and an oaks, I think, um, when, he, when he was riding. And then uh, he started training, and uh, he trained at Lambo in the majority of the time. And uh, he was absolutely off his nut. He, he, he was as paranoid as it's possible to get. Uh, worried sick about any information getting out of the yard, worried sick about anybody talking about him and all the rest of it, you know. And there was this work morning, and he'd worked all the horses, and there was a wood at the bottom of the, the gallop. And he says to the lads, he said, walk them through that wood. He said, and there's a big oak tree at the bottom. And he said, just circle that till I get there. So they walked, the, there was about eight to ten of these horses, and they walked them through the wood. And they get to the big oak tree, no sign of Doug, of course, you know. So they start circling the oak tree. Over there a quarter of an hour and nobody's saying out, you know, and then this quarter of an hour stretches to half an hour. And then it's up, you know, quite often lads in them situations will have a smoke and that, you know. And then, anyway, it gets to three quarters of an hour and uh, one lad finally piped up. He said, uh, oh, he said, the dizzy old bastard's forgot he's not coming, is he? With that, Doug Marks drops out the oak tree and said, there you are, he said, I knew you were talking about me, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and got stalking off that back to the stables. <laughs> yeah. uh, unbelievable. <laughs> he sat in this oak tree for about three quarters of an hour waiting for him to talk about him. And nobody, <laughs> nobody had said out, I mean... <laughs> That's the lens people got. <laughs> Poor old Doug. He's worried about his staff all talking about it. I was crazy. Yeah, he was absolutely. I'm getting up the tree. 
Well, for a start, he, he beat the, the stream getting through the wood. And then got up the tree before they were there. And concealed himself. You know, I mean... Unbelievable. What a game. Absolutely brilliant. Love it. Right, we're going to finish <laughs> the sermon off. Uh, I mean, this has been a classic, absolute classic to be involved in. Uh, Pleasure to have Pip on board and, uh, and just listening to Johnny is just, just, just amazing. I'm uh, just privileged to be in his company. But we're going to finish the show off with a Jimmy Lindley lovely pair of hands eye catcher. And myself, I've got one that I already mentioned in a, in a previous show, uh, uh, a horse called Sea Sessions that ran at uh, Killarney this week over a trip to short. I think you saw it as well, John. Yeah. Uh, uh, staying on late, uh, Kalani's a very sharp mile as well. You know, it's, it, it keep, catches you on, on the back foot. And I think this horse will improve massively when it gets to a mile and a quarter. Um, certainly ready to win. Definitely ready to win. Um, the trainer's not really that adept off an absence either. So they tend to need a run. And this horse really did shape well at Kalani the other day. So at C Sessions, put that in your trackers because that horse will be winning around, I wouldn't say Leopardstown or, or Curra or anything like that, but if, if it turns up at one of these Irish gaffs in a handicap, yeah, I'd fancy... Yeah, I'd fancy C-sessions to do the biz. John, have you got a, have you got a, something to look forward to? Um, I've got root canal surgery coming up, I think. Uh, but um, as regards the horses, um, I put one up as a horse to follow at the start of the season, Dickens of Alan Kings. And I, I didn't really want to back it last night, and I ended up backing it just because it was too big a price. It was 28 to 1. And it was the last place I wanted him to run it. It was new market. He put a hood on it to make sure it settled. Well, if you looking to settle one, the last place you want to take it, you could have to actually win in his new market. He, he sat out the back. Um, he probably didn't settle ideally, but I think that was more freshness, with it not having run for ages. Yeah. Um, I think uh, all chance was lost there. Um, but he's come through for Andrade and he's finished fourth. It can definitely win off that mark now. He's proven that. Um, it's just a matter of him finding a strongly run race over a mile or maybe even 10 and we'll be collecting yeah. Fantastic Fantastic and a fantastic way to end I've put it in my notebook <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you, Pip, have oh, you got one for us? Oh, Pip, we have, have a notebook Yeah Have you got one for us? I, I, do you know what? I haven't actually, because the flat isn't my best. But I have got my eye on one tonight called Refuge, and I can't remember where it was running at. Oh, that's it, Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton, ah, right. Right. Well, never mind. I mean, I mean, it, 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 I've got a head full of books of Wall Street now. You know, like new chapters. It's. It, I've been thrown. <laughs> so, 
sorry about that. I mean, it's, it's, my, it's me and John, really. We should have told you that we've got an eye-catchers to finish the show. But anyway, we've got two there to finish the show with. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been fabulous listening to John's rants, as always, on <laughs> Sunday. And I hope you enjoyed the show. That's all from us thank this week. Thank you for having me. Thank Can I just say thank, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Pip. It's been a pleasure also. So we'll be back on Friday as normal and next Sunday as normal, where you can probably get bored of us listening to further ramblings. That's all from us, from me, John and Pip tonight. Bye for now.